Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Jason Kersey of The Athletic, friend of the show, and it's been way too long. Jason, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Good. What's going on, man? Good to be with you. Yeah, it's good to have you on once again, man. And I know that uh, obviously you've uh, been a lot of focusing on uh, Oklahoma and all the stuff that they've had going on because that's the thing where it's funny because you used to cover Arkansas and we know that some of the craziness that uh, you covered and some of the storylines and everything where it's almost like flip the scripts now where Arkansas seems to be kind of the more stable program right now, knock on wood. And then Oklahoma over the past few months, man, has just been a complete whirlwind over there. Yeah, the only thing that was missing is I don't think any players shoplifted from the bowl site. So that's about the only <laughs> – that's always my memory of my one season full-time on the Arkansas beat was that insane story at the Belt Bowl. But, uh, no, man, it's been nuts. It's uh, It's been nonstop um, really since November 28th uh, of last year when uh, Lincoln Riley uh, surprised everyone uh, by going to USC, and, and that sort of kicked off. Uh, a, a period of instability that, that Oklahoma fans just aren't used to. I mean, Bob Stoops was there for 18 years, handed it off seamlessly to Lincoln Riley, and then all of a sudden there's this chaos that, that nobody uh, – it, it, it's been a crazy year just going back uh, – I mean, going back to like last year at this time, the holder for OU got in a bar fight that was like a big deal. The uh, we, they, they had a player transfer in and then transfer out back to his original school. They had uh, the SEC news. They had uh, Caleb Williams take over for Spencer Rattler. I mean, it's just been one thing after another of craziness, and obviously Lincoln being the maybe the biggest one. Now, with Brent Venables taking over, he's the defensive-minded coach. OU has been known for their offense over the past maybe – 20 years or so they've been really good on offense and they've been good on defense as well but been known for their offense more so you think there's any pressure on that offense to kind of perform as to what fans know them to be and but they've lost a lot here you think there's pressure on that offense yeah I mean I think uh OU has has had a reputation the last five or six years of being one of the premier offenses in college football uh, obviously a couple of Heisman winning quarterbacks and, and the big numbers that they put up. And then obviously Caleb Williams didn't win the Heisman, but he certainly uh, generated a lot of national buzz and excitement. I mean, as did Spencer Rattler at one point, he was, he was generating that kind of buzz too. So um, it's a little different. I mean, uh, I will say that, yeah, Brent Venables is a defensive minded coach and, and I certainly do think there'll be uh, more emphasis maybe put on that side of the ball uh, than in, than in uh, past years. However, I, I would say uh, they hired Jeff Levy uh, from Ole Miss, one of the uh, you know one of the best uh, premier young offensive coordinators in the country, uh, who himself is an OU grad. They managed to replace Caleb Williams with Dylan Gabriel, who you know Dylan Gabriel may not have Caleb Williams upside necessarily, but he was one of the biggest prizes in the transfer portal in terms of quarterbacks. I think getting him was a really big deal uh, because if they hadn't gotten him, you know, there's a very good chance that OU would be starting a true freshman in the fall. Nick Evers, the new uh, quarterback who just enrolled early. I mean, that's where they would be because they don't have anybody else. And so uh, getting Dylan Gabriel was a big deal. They have to replace Kennedy Brooks in the backfield, a uh, three-time thousand-yard rusher. That's going to be difficult. Um, at, at receiver, they're not bad. I mean, they, they bring back Marvin Mims, who, who's a big play threat. 
They obviously lost Jaden Hazelwood to, to Arkansas, but the truth is Jaden Hazelwood hadn't been a major contributor really for the for the three years he was at OU. So that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so I mean, I, my, my long-winded point is I think they're going to be okay on offense. I actually I actually do think they'll be okay, and and I also think one other thing that, that kind of gets overlooked is. OU's for the first time in a while going to have a head coach that's not also calling plays. So Jeff Levy can focus completely in the offense. I think there was a there was a little bit of buzz that maybe that was a problem the last couple of years with Lincoln Riley trying to do everything. And that was actually a perfect segue into my next question about Jaden Hazelwood because I think Razorback fans are extremely excited to see what he can do because of the five-star rating that he had coming out of high school and knowing that Oklahoma, especially known for their offense, uh, there could be a lot of good things that come along with it as well. But you had a chance to to obviously cover him and see him. Is he – like what what can he be at a place like Arkansas? Because we know that sometimes it's just a matter of finding a new program to really flourish in and you can really uh, set yourself apart. But what type of player is Arkansas getting from Jaden Hazelwood and can he be that number one wide receiver for the Razorbacks and K.J. Jefferson next year? I, he absolutely can be. I mean, look, he didn't get less talented over the last three years or anything. I mean, he's still uh, extremely talented, extremely skilled. Um, he was kind of just snake bitten at OU. I mean, it, it's not nothing. I, I don't think anything that happened at OU for him was really his fault. It just, you know, he had some injuries that he dealt with, which obviously impacted him. His freshman year, you know, Jaden Hazelwood came in. Like you say, he was the number one receiver recruit in the 2019 class. Uh, but he didn't play a ton as a freshman, and that was because uh, OU had C.D. Lamb, who was kind of eating up all the receptions. And the quarterback was Jalen Hurts, who, um, not not to you know talk bad about Jalen Hurts, but he wasn't the same pastor that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, or even really that Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams were. That just wasn't what um, – uh, that wasn't what Jalen Hurts was. He he got the ball to C.D. Lamb and then sometimes to some other people. So there wasn't really much opportunity that year. He got hurt uh, uh, in 2020. He missed most of that season with an ACL. Uh, and then this year, OU dealt with a lot of quarterback um, uh, upheaval. With you know, Spencer Rattler struggled a lot early in the season. Um, then Caleb Williams played well uh, for a while, but then he really struggled uh, in the back half of the season when they played the better defenses they played. So uh, the offense as a whole struggled last year. It wasn't anybody's fault. It may have been Lincoln Riley's fault, but that's about it. I mean, the offense as a whole struggled last year uh, from, from the beginning of the season almost to the to the end. So uh, my point just is I wouldn't I, – I don't think I'd read too much into Jaden Hazelwood's struggles to become the dominant guy that I think he can be at OU, and maybe a chain of, change of scenery will do that for him. Arkansas gained Hazelwood, but the year before they lost Mike Woods to OU, had a decent season, not overly productive, but what's the status with Mike Woods on the OU roster? Well, I mean, he declared for the NFL draft, so he's gone. Yeah, that's uh, because I think that he was a guy that people thought he could be a pro prospect too, and uh, that was the thing with last year's offense. You you mentioned it, Jason, of – you know, it just seemed like there were like it wasn't it wasn't what it, people it wasn't what it was cracked up to be when everybody considers it an Oklahoma offense, and I think that that's where a lot of the hope comes from too. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, OU was so weird last year, and I think that's why OU fans are still so upset at Lincoln Riley 
because they, there's a feeling, I think, here that that team just criminally underachieved. I mean, they entered the season uh, as a top-five team. as you know, It looked like the most complete Oklahoma team in years that they had. And then they just, they just, they went 11 and 2, which I know there's a lot of people, especially in Arkansas, who are going to hear that and be like, oh, cry me a river. They went 11 and 2. <laughs> but like, they were, they were this close. I mean, they were maybe, I would say, 10 or 12 plays from being 7 and 5. I mean, really. They almost lost to Tulane. They almost lost to Kansas. They almost lost to Kansas State, uh, Nebraska, West Virginia, uh, Texas. They almost lost all of those games. Most of those games were one possession games. So, uh, and then they look at this week and see that OU is tied with Alabama for the second most players at the combine. OU has eleven players at the combine. And I think they just look at that and go, "What happened last year? Like they, uh, the, how, how is that the team that, that didn't win the Big Twelve, at least the Big Twelve championship?" So, um, so yeah, I think that there, there's a real sense that that, that team incredibly underachieved. How much hatred is there for Lincoln Riley there in Oklahoma? Because, listen, I've I've seen some programs have some issues. Like, look at Tennessee. It seems like they always burn couches over certain coaches leaving and doing things. But it's almost so interesting with Oklahoma because it's never really happened before. Like, it was so unexpected. Yeah. So how much vitriol and anger is there from the fan base towards Lincoln Riley right now? Oh. Uh, a lot. I mean, and, and, you know, it's getting to a point where, like, I wrote this last week, and I, and I completely stand by it. I think that what we've seen the last two months from Brent Venables, there is every reason to believe that the program is actually in better shape now than it was moving forward. Maybe not this year. I think this year's a little hard to predict. But long term, especially with the SEC move coming, they're in much better shape moving forward with Brent Venables. Um but, but I, I think it's a lot of things. I think the, the Lincoln-Riley deal was, was really upsetting because coaches just don't leave Oklahoma for other jobs. They just don't. Uh, the last time it happened was uh, Chuck Fairbanks in 1972, left for the Patriots. And before that, it was, uh, it was a guy in the 40s who left to, to, for another college job. So, like, that's it. Those are the only times a coach has left OU for another coaching job. And so I think it just shocked everybody. Um, and, and, uh, and then there was also just the, like, you remember the weeks leading up to that, there was all this noise about Lincoln Riley going to LSU, and then he flatly denied that after the Bedlam game, and then the next day he went to USC. So I just think there's a lot of and, – and, and then he took a bunch of five-star recruits with him out there. And so – I just think that a lot of people feel like he, he, he'd been planning this for a while, like he may have tried to gut the program on his way out. I'm not saying he did, but that's sort of what it looks like. And then he took Caleb Williams, too. So uh, Oklahomans are, I think, very sensitive when someone leaves. Uh, we saw that uh, six years ago when Kevin Durant left the Thunder for the Golden State Warriors. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's just something that, that uh, they, they – they take a lot of pride in their sports figures, and they get really upset when they feel like they're betrayed by them. I would imagine not in a way that's that dissimilar from people in Arkansas. So of those 11 players that are at the Combine, um, who are some of the standouts, and how do they project to the NFL level? Because here at Arkansas, we, we always look at how many players are there, and then if you go to the Combine, there's always a great chance that you're going to get drafted. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's actually a pretty pretty stacked draft class for OU. I mean, it, you know, they've got a guy Perry on Winfrey, a nose guard that um, really was a star at the Senior Bowl. Um, he may have been the, the most valuable player at the, spring, uh, the Senior Bowl. I don't remember. He won something down there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, the defensive end, uh, had a really great career at OU. Um, Brian Osamoa, a linebacker, is kind of an athletic freak that I think people really uh, uh, think can, can do big things. I, I look at Kennedy Brooks, a running back, who is not flashy at all, but he rushed for 1,000 yards three times at Oklahoma. He's only, I think, the fifth running back in OU history to, to accomplish that. So he's someone I'm sort of intrigued by uh, at the uh, – at the combine, so there's a lot of guys. I mean, they, they've got 11 people there. That's the most I can remember them having in a long time at the combine. So we with Jason Kersey of the Athletic here on Out of Bounds. Jason, I know that something that we've talked about, and I saw you tweet about, and we've discussed it here on the show, is uh, you know the whole thing with Art Bryles and him being hired as the offensive coordinator down at Grambling State, which came with a lot of controversy. And then Hugh Jackson down there kind of doubled down on the hire, and then he ended up resigning anyways because it was a distraction. just seems like a complete and total mess. Uh, but I think that the whole discussion with Art Brawl specifically, is this guy ever coaching again? And, and, you know, we know he got the high school job and everything like that. But do you think that this guy will ever or should ever get another chance to coach in any particular fashion when it comes to football? No, I, I don't think he will, and, and, I, and I don't think he should. I mean, I think that the, what went on at Baylor was a disgrace. And, uh, and he is the man who was ultimately responsible for that as the head coach for what his, for what his program did. And, and look, I'm not saying that anyone affiliated with him can never coach again. I mean, obviously Kendall Bryles is at Arkansas, Jeff Levy's at Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of those assistants have moved on with their careers, but Art Bryles was the head coach. This, the buck stopped with him. And, and I, uh, and you know what? I will even set aside my personal feelings about it and just say it's impossible for him to get another high-profile job or or non-high-profile job. Grambling State's not the most high-profile job, especially when you're OC. But, I mean, the backlash, the uh, anger, the, uh, the those things are going to happen every time he gets hired anywhere. And I don't know why people keep trying to hire him because this, it's just not – possible to do unless you're willing to endure a, a crazy amount of backlash. I mean, unless you're willing uh, to deal with um, people asking you about it constantly. I mean, and, and at Grambling, you know, it sounds like a big reason why they pulled the plug is because Doug Williams, uh, maybe their most famous football alum, uh, said he wasn't going to support them financially anymore. That's a big deal. And, uh, and it, it's, it's kind of a – it's too bad that it took money for them to, to make that decision, and they didn't just do it because it's the right thing to do. But, uh, but those are the kind of things that are going to keep happening. I mean, we've seen him flame out at, at it with a CFL job that he took and then had to give up. Uh, we saw it at Southern Miss a couple of years ago when he was going to get hired as OC or they were talking about it, and then that fell apart. And now, uh, and now this. I, I just don't – I just don't see any way that he's going to, to coach again. I think he blew any chance he had by not just full-throatedly apologizing in the aftermath of the Baylor thing. And that's the other thing. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I almost feel like if he'd just come out and been and completely owned it, taken full responsibility, vowed to get better, tried to educate himself, all of those things, 
we're a very forgiving society. He probably would have a job again and probably at a major program. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, it's it's about the steps you take, and that's what's meaningful to people along the way. Now, you mentioned that OU may be better in the long run, maybe not this season to start with, but in saying that, USC hasn't been in a great place over the past couple of seasons, so who gets off to a better start this initial season, Venables at OU or Lincoln Riley at USC? Good question. I'm going to go with OU because USC was so bad last year, and they haven't been very good in a while, and that roster it was a little depleted. Now, yes, he has uh, mined the transfer portal, obviously, and gotten some big names out of it, most notably Caleb Williams. Um, but I just think that, that OU is a little bit better built for success right now, uh, particularly after what they did in the portal and getting Dylan Gabriel and, and some other guys. So I would probably say OU. Um, I don't I don't know that that's a slam dunk, but my guess would be OU. The other thing I say about USC is that Lincoln Riley, and this is nothing against him, he's a great coach. He has proven, well proven, that he's a great coach. But we have not, he has, one thing he has not proven is that he can build a program from scratch. That has not happened yet. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying he's never done it because he was handed in 2017 when Bob Stoops retired. Lincoln Riley took over a team that maybe should have won the national title that year. They were that good that year. And, uh, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens out there. But um, I think he's going to have to prove that, that he can take a, a downtrodden program and build it back up into, into a power rather than just being handed a power. Yeah, I, I think that with uh, him going out to USC, I, like, I know people, especially like, I mean, it's just Colin Cowherd, but it's like they just make such a big deal of like USC and this big-time program. I'm like, yeah, okay, they have. But, you know, Pete Carroll's been the main reason why they were so relevant. And maybe Lincoln Riley goes out there and balls out and everything, but it's also just a different conference. You're not the number one play, uh, you know, uh, show in town. I just think that there's a lot of variables that could lead to where Lincoln Riley isn't doesn't turn out as good as what people are probably thinking he will be at USC. Well, yeah, I think the reason people assume that is because USC has money, they've got prestige, they've got history, they've got a recruiting base uh, there in Southern California that Lincoln Riley was actually recruiting that area quite well for Oklahoma. Uh, so it's not like he doesn't have connections down there. Um, I think all of those reasons make people think it's sort of a sleeping giant. And the Pac-12 isn't any good. I mean, that's the other thing is, like, the conference isn't that good. So what, he's got to he's got to get them good enough to beat Utah and Oregon, and, and they're going to be – they'll probably win the Pac-12 if they can just get better than those two. So um, I think it's all those reasons. But, uh, again, USC, I mean, it's been a – Pete Carroll hadn't been there in a long time. Like, we're not talking about a program that was competing for the national title five years ago. USC hasn't been nationally relevant in a while. Yeah, and I think that everyone's just fine with that, at least here in SEC country, and I'm sure sure at Oklahoma they're hoping it stays that way. Well, Jason, man, we appreciate you joining us, man. Have a great weekend, man, and I know we'll probably be catching up with you later down the road. Thanks, brother. Talk to you later.